In 2009, Aaron Marino created the Alpha M YouTube channel and over the past 11 years has posted over 1,400 videos and gained a following of over 6.2 million subscribers. His show is all about men's style, fitness, grooming, and self-image. His message to men is clear. We all have the power to be strong and live our lives with confidence and and to attract those spicy senoritas. <laughs> but YouTube is only one part of the Alpha Empire. <laughs> You guys like what I do. Very nice, very nice. Aaron has started several product lines, including hair, body, and skincare brands, Pete and Pedro, and Tej Hanley, and Enemy, a line of fashion sunglasses, of which I was an early adopter. And if that weren't enough, in 2020, Aaron opened a beautiful, full-service, two-story, brick-and-mortar salon in Atlanta during a pandemic. Okay, no. <laughs> that's yeah, just okay. That's crazy, time, right there. Yeah, timing wasn't ideal for that one, but it is what it is. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I I really do appreciate you talking to me, and uh, you made me sound super busy in that intro. But but uh, it's great. It's great to be here, guys. Thank you so much. July sixth, two thousand and eight. It says on YouTube is when you created your channel. Uh, tell us what's going on in your life in and around that time, and what led up to your discovery of YouTube? Yeah, so I, um, I, for my entire life, wanted to own a fitness center. And uh, from the age of 12, that's the only thing I wanted to do. And so, you know, growing up, you know, I, I had uh, some, some situations, an abusive stepfather, and, and I knew that when I went to the gym, I felt amazing, right? I felt incredible about myself. My confidence just started sort of blossoming, and I knew that if I felt great being there, that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so everything I did up until, you know, the point at which I, I got out of college, I, I met a woman. Um, I, I started a, a nutrition store, actually, with a gentleman. And, um, you know, after that, it was sort of it was a bad situation with he and I. He was also like kind of abusive. <laughs> and I have this like track record, bad track record with, you know, kind of like abusive men in my life that uh, I ended up having to go to counseling and, and dealing with my issues because I realized that until I did that, I would never truly be happy. And I think probably when I really kind of unpack everything, you know, the reason why I do my YouTube channel is because I, it's probably me trying to help and, and help other people or, or help myself for that matter, um, just with some of the issues that I dealt with in terms of confidence and self-esteem. And so the fitness center, I ended up meeting a woman, helped her lose 100 pounds when I was at this nutrition store. And she was like, hey, I want to help other people the way you help me. Let's open a nutrition or a, a fitness center. I said, great, this is awesome. Personal training studio, everything was good until it wasn't good. Uh, we signed the lease for that space on September 11th. And that was the September 11th that the World Trade oh. Center got hit. And so that was an omen to how that business was going to ultimately unfold. And so, um, you know, fast forward a few years, it was a really hard business. We tried expanding and, and, and um, you know, starting this like group fitness facility. This was back in the day of like Curves Fitness Centers, if you guys might remember Curves. Oh, sure. And so we're like, ah, oh, we, we can figure this out. And so it was a group fitness facility. We ended up having to raise some money in order to do the first facility. And that's when things sort of all started to fall apart. My business partner got into a really bad, you know, argument or fight with one of our investors. Some other things came out. Long story short, we were, I was about half a million dollars in debt 
Um, and like she and I were, were guarantors on these loans. And so we ended up having to file bankruptcy at that point. I was taking money off my credit cards just to pay my staff. And, um, and I was driving a beer cart in order to, at a country club in order to just, you know, basically make ends meet, put gas in my car. And the worst part about that was not that I was broke and bankrupt. It was that I, I didn't know what my, my plan B was. I never had one. The only thing I ever wanted to do from the age of 12 was, was own a fitness center. And so that was the, the hardest thing. I'm a 30 year old guy. I'm driving a beer cart. What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> and, um, but something interesting kind of happened when I was at my fitness center, there was a, a gentleman that I'm, I'm still friends with, best friends with to this day. Um, who was a meteorologist for the Weather Channel. And he asked me, he said, hey, I got a date tonight. I don't know what to wear. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I come over and see what you have? And, and we can go shopping. I love shopping. I love clothes. I love style. And while we're at it, we might as well go and get your hair cut because your nose hairs are nuts and your ears are crazy. And so <laughs> long story short, shorter, um, we, uh, I, I ended up doing that. He went back to work. One of his female coworkers said, hey, you look great. And he's like, yeah, there's this guy who took me shopping. And she said, do you think he'd help me? And, and that's kind of how that whole thing happened. Well, that was going on at the fitness center right before we shut down. And so when I ended up closing the fitness center, filing bankruptcy, it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I kind of started this you know, little image consulting business back before the, the fitness center ended. So I'm like, let me see if there's a market for this at the time. This was back in 2006. The only thing out there for men in terms of style and grooming was really like GQ magazine and Esquire. And that wasn't really resonating with me. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to know, hey, what do I need to look good in order to, you know, get attention from women or whatever it may be. And so I decided to start an image consulting firm, did that a little bit. My wife gave me a video camera in 2008 or no, 2007. It sat in the box for like seven months. And I finally decided, you know what, let me open this up and see if I can figure this YouTube thing out. I had only been on YouTube probably three times before I actually tried to start and upload a video. And so I was like, let me try and do a video. You know, maybe there's a market out there for my type of, you know, just regular guy information about style and grooming. Let me just post YouTube. This was before I realized that you could actually make money. This was long before that. This was 2008. So people were posting videos of cats, you know? And so, um, I did, I posted my first video and the rest is kind of history. I got my, my first comment. Um, it was a general, I remember the comment he said, you know, in this first like intro video that I posted, he said, Hey, what do I need to dress? Like I'm a bigger, heavy set guy. What are some style tips? And it was at that time that I'm like, Oh, this is it. Like I was hooked because from that point, I think that's what I'd been searching for my whole life was just like some sort of validation and acceptance. And I got it. And, you know, and I was, I was hooked ever since. So that's the story. <laughs> I'm going to guess that your demographic skews a bit younger, uh, I would say, especially for young men wanting to know style. And it seems to me like you are providing information that is kind of lacking in a lot of young people's lives these days, basic grooming and confidence and manscaping. You know, these are kind of things that I think a lot of young people are just growing up not knowing that. So I think that you're really filling that gap. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when I first started, I thought it was just going to be about style. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me talk about grooming. And so I'm like, you know, if I have a question, I'm very comfortable talking about whatever. And so I was like, you know, I, you know, let me talk about butt hair and, and what do you do? And, but as <laughs> the channel has evolved and I have evolved, um, you know, it's kind of take, I, 
I sort of feel like I have a much larger responsibility now. Once I realize that people are actually listening to me and I have a unique opportunity to really sort of try to just be a positive voice in a world that's gone a little bit crazy. And um, I think that's one of the things that I try to do on my channel is just uplift people and, and help them feel good about themselves. Because if you do, you know, everything in your life gets better. And so that's really kind of the angle that the, the channel has sort of taken. But it's it's kind of, you know, it, it's the way I sort of get to that message is by, you know, clickbait titles and, and crazy thumbnails nowadays, because that's kind of what you need to do in order to, <laughs> to, to survive. Yeah, some of those, some of your thumbnails are, are can be on the edge there. I'm wondering, you know, Not how on the far edge. you're pushing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I think today I got the video today. Today, I believe yeah, I yeah. saw a hot dog. <laughs> you just holding a hot dog. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you know, it's like, it, but the the cool thing about this, and Chad and I were talking about this earlier, is that you sort of embrace the whole clickbait culture, but your audience is sort of on board with that because they know that, okay, this is Aaron and this is actually, a lot of it is just so tongue in cheek that I think that they get it. And I think it, it's what works. And it's, it's so funny because your personality is just so boom in your face over the top. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a, that's a personality flaw. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> but, <not a> <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> do you run into an issue of triggering filters? Like, do you walk that fine line? Do you design thumbnails? And even before it goes to a YouTube filter, you're just like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta reel this one back. <laughs> yeah, no, I see today's video is a perfect example. I'm holding a hot dog, right? Right. And it, it right out of the gate, you know, great click through rate. Everything was good. And then all of a sudden, and I'm like, oh, there it is. The algorithm or whatever, you know. Oh. Uh, absolutely ding ding that thumbnail and so um you know it's it's one of those things where you never kind of know i i also did a video very similar to that that as we speak is kind of going viral for me it's 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 uh, the title is how to make it bigger and i'm holding in one hand i'm holding like a big pickle and then the other <laughs> hand i'm holding a little pickle and uh i talk about surgical and non-surgical ways to make your manhood more manly uh -huh. and um and that one you know, didn't trigger anything. It was really good out of the gate and it continued to be good. And now it's, you know, about 40 days later and, and it's, you know, caught that wave of, of YouTube love, which, which is great. Well, you know, the, the, the thing people need to learn the cheap way is that you got to trim the bushes to make the tree look bigger. That's, <laughs> that's it. I think that's, that's what, what it's I all about. Thank you, Steve. You want to, you want a demo? <laughs> Then we don't I want love, to see that. We are just I audio, love right? That, <laughs> love that line. Love that line. Actually, speaking of that, you've made a ton of videos across a ton of different channels, and you've managed to do so uh, on such a consistent, ongoing basis. What does the video making process look like for you right now? How, how do you kind of schedule everything, and, and what kind of team do you have working on this? Unfortunately, the team is very small. It is me. Um, I... So I film, so I put out four videos a week. I film four videos a week. And so Monday through Thursday, I am filming a piece of content. All of my videos are sponsored, um, whether or not it's, it's through a paid sponsorship from a company or like a Dollar Shave Club or my own products. Every video I put out for the most part has a, a sponsorship in there. And, um, and so for me, every morning starts with, you know, okay, what product I, I have a schedule, my schedule, because I have an advertising agency, men influential media. I know what my month looks like in terms of what promotions I need to do in advance. And so 
I basically go chronologically of, of okay, what video is going to be posting next? What is the product and how am I going to, you know, talk about this product? And so, you know, every morning I, I, I know what product I need to promote. I, you know, conceptualize the video and then I will, you know, run, do my thing in the morning. I get to my office around 11 o'clock. And the first thing I do, my number one priority during the day is to film that video. I film it. I, you know, one of the other parts of that is, is now is it's gotten bigger than it ever has is that thumbnail, right? What is that thumbnail? The thumbnail is more important than anything, anything else. And so, you know, trying to think through prior to just filming the video, okay, what can my thumbnail look like? What is that clickable thumbnail? And so typically I then, I, I will film the video. It'll take me an hour, hour and a half. And then I go and do my other stuff, my other business stuff, my meetings, my, my going to my Pete and Pedro warehouse, um, running errands, going to the salon, doing all that. And then around four o'clock, typically I'll start editing for a little while. And then I will go home, go for a walk, sit down and start editing until that video is finished and do it again the next day, Monday through Thursday. That's what I do. And I, so I edit everything. I do everything. I, I am boggled to hear that. I had no idea that you did all of that yourself. With all the things that you've got going on, I figured you probably shot these, sent them off to an editor, the thumbnails and everything is just done. And that's impressive. Wow. That is a busy, busy day. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where everybody that I'm friends with in terms of, you know, content creators, like you got to hire somebody to do this. You got to hire somebody to do that. You know, the way I look at it, that's what I love to do. So why would yeah. I want to give that up? And the other thing is like, you know, I make great money. And so if I've got to work, you know, X number of hours to make, you know, generate the revenue that I do, like, okay, like poor me, right? It's, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just so thrilled that, that I figured something else out that, or something out that I love doing. And, and that's, you know, that's valuable and, and people like it. So I'm fine with it. You know, for right now it works. You get better and better at doing that too. I mean, I'm the same way. I just a kind of one man show for the most part doing the editing and I, I, I like doing it. I just kind of figure that's just part of my job. You know, shooting is only part of it. Do you have a, do you ever have troubles coming up with those ideas for the videos? Cause you really cranking out a lot of content and I know that the kind of the list format seems to work really well for you. Yeah, it typically does. Um, you know, in terms of, yeah, it's always, you know, it's always challenging to think of, of, of topics that you think people will actually watch and, and it'll resonate with, you know, but it's kind of a formula, right? And, and unfortunately it's, it's become a little bit, you know, like I kind of know what people want to watch and, and, and it's changed. And that's the thing that was really hard with COVID COVID changed, you know, in terms of people's viewing habits, at least they did for me, people aren't worried about, you know, looking good to go out on dates because nobody's going out on a date. And so, you know, I, I did a haircut video, home haircut video, and that one did really well. And so it's just, it's trying to balance, you know, the, the, the views with the fact that I do have a responsibility on all of these videos to try and, you know, promote and sell products for people. And so, um, you know, typically what I found is that the more specific a topic, the less views you're going to get, but typically you're going to get better conversions on that if it is specific because you know that these people are interested in, in whatever. And so doing more like general type videos and working in integrations and, and product integrations into those has sort of been what I've been really doing and focusing on for the past, you know, few years. 
and you really excel at that too. Doing those product in integrations is key to those videos. And I'm impressed that you're able to do those sponsored spots. Sometimes those are long sponsored spots. They could be two or three minutes long. And the audience is completely on board with that. It's, it is, I, it's pretty amazing to see that. They're like, yeah, and now it's kind of become a thing that, yeah, this is what Aaron does. It's yeah, it's, cool. it's, still, it's still funny when people say, oh, all he does is, pro like, he's just promoting products. I'm like, where have you been the last it's like, you you know, must five be new years? Here. Like, this is not new. Like, I used to be real worried about that when I started doing sure. sponsorships. Well, what are they going to say? Yeah. And, and then it's like, whatever. They, they Well, I think the other thing is the audience understands yeah. that, that you're trying to make a living, you're trying to do what you love doing, and and that's part of the part of the process. Now, now when I started, I was way ahead of the curve in terms of of product promotions and doing a lot of sponsorships. And I really think it's because of just the style of of, of content and the the topics that I talk about. Kind of, you know, there are a lot of grooming brands out there. There's a lot of clothing companies. There's a lot of things that fit into that men's lifestyle. It's not like woodworking, right? Very niche, very specific. Men's lifestyle. I can talk about my t-shirt. I can talk about shaving my butt. I can talk about driving a car, you know, and, and everything in between. And so that's one of the, the, the things that I fell into that I didn't realize I was doing it, but it, it definitely helps for advertising purposes. When you think when a video idea comes to you, does it come to you in the form of a thumbnail? Do you see the thumb? Like I see the title first. So I record all of my ideas on my phone as titles. And that's how I know exactly what video idea I'm talking about. You, you sound very uh, visual that way uh, with thumbnails. And also a follow-up question, how long do you take and how many variations of thumbnails do you actually, how much time do you put into your thumbnail design? Uh, I mean, not that much. I mean, in terms of my thumbnails, I can create and. I mean, as long as I know what I'm doing, I can create them in, in five minutes. That's impressive. impressive. No, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I use Microsoft Paint <laughs> for the words. Like, I'm like OG, like I am old school. And <laughs> so, so funny to hear that. And so now some of the, some of the thumbnails, because I don't have any Photoshop skills. So some of the thumbnails, like today's thumbnail literally took me three minutes. As long as, right. you know, I, I, I film, you know, myself holding hot dogs and that 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 hot dog is for another video but i was like you know the thumbnail that i had this morning for that video i just didn't feel like it was gonna do well and so i was like oh man it would be a lot funnier if the guys hold you know if i'm holding a hot dog <laughs> and so um <laughs> and so uh, you know i i had that image i'm like eh, i'll figure something else out for the other thumbnail and, and i'll try and use that one so but yeah literally five minutes do you have to find like an image? So, for instance, you've got one that's like 99% do this wrong. It's like seven things guys under 30 do wrong. And it's just a picture of an arm grabbing a woman's ass with the yeah, circle yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. No, I'll find the images. I'll go and look for an image like that on, on you know, uh, these these royalty-free, right, you know, buy an right. image sites. And, and sometimes that's the hardest part is finding a good, a good image, but I'll have an idea like that one was like, okay, guy's hand on butt. Like I knew that I wanted a guy's hand on her butt. And so, you know, there are only like seven, seven things that came out. I'm like, okay, this will work. And so for things that I need, like Photoshop skills, I do have a guy Christian that I can send yeah. to and, um, and he'll, you know, do whatever I need and I'll pay him like 25 bucks a thumbnail. And so, and those are actually getting more frequent because, you know, with the, the, knowing that the thumbnails are like what your video is going to live and die by. Yeah. I've been, you know, anything I can think of, 
like I will try to execute. The simple basic ones like me holding a hot dog or me holding a pickle, like I can I can knock that out in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody listening who's never seen my stuff is like, wait a second. He's talking about hot dogs, <laughs> hands on butts, and and pickles. This is definitely something not to check out. No, no, this is something you just look look through your list of videos and it's like I see a common thread running through these thumbnails here. It's really funny. I, I love that fact that you just own own that, you know. Did, did, did any of those ever get flagged or anything? Does YouTube ever? Has it, Some of the videos get flagged and like really? when I when I upload them, it'll be like demonetized because, you know, I'll be talking about something specific. And and so I have figured out ways to. Like I'll upload it with a, like a different, like without the real title to the video because they're all manually reviewed. And, um, and then once it's manually reviewed, I will put the right title on. Um, I've, you know, added an intro to a video that didn't have an intro and that has actually gotten it through. Like there are different things that you can do for me in order to get the, the videos, you know, monetized a bit you know, better. Um, you know, most of mine are fine, but some of them, the more, you know, salacious ones are, are sometimes it's like, hold your breath and just wait for that, you know, that <laughs> manually reviewed, you know, it's been approved and it's like, okay, now I can put on my thumbnail holding a hot dog. Are you a big, uh, <laughs> analytics guy? Do you, do you follow your analytics or once the video's out there, it's in the wild and you kind of just set your sights on what's No, next? I look, I look for, I look pretty much, you know, the first day to see what's happening, but you know, after the first 10 minutes, what's going to happen with that video. At least, at least I do. I put so much content out there. I know in, in literally 15 minutes, okay, this is going to suck or this is going to be pretty decent. Have you ever had a, a really controversial video as far as your audience is concerned? Is there any, ever, yeah. anything that comes to mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did one said Rolex versus movement watches. Oh, and, of all um, things. Of all things. Well, well, the video, and here's the thing. I was promoting a movement watch. I like movement watches, but I wear Rolex. And so in the, uh, in the video, I was basically, it was a tongue-in-cheek video of you know, six reasons why a movement watch is actually better than Rolex. One's like, you lose it, you know, you lose a $10,000 watch versus $150,000, you know, dollar watch. It's, you know, it's better. And then, you know, I just, I, I thought it was tongue in cheek. I thought people got my sense of humor and, um, and the video got really bad views and people were like, Oh, this is stupid. But then the watch community saw it <laughs> and decided to try and like oh, no. really like go after me. And it, if you go to that video now, like the thumbs up are like 3000, the thumbs down are like 120,000. And then, and then there are a bunch of YouTubers that came after me. And, um, one guy, I went on his podcast. That was a disaster. That movement versus Rolex video was, was one of not my finer moments. And, and it taught me a valuable lesson though. Definitely. Another one was, um, I, I, there, there's been one product that I promoted that I regret promoting. And it was it was something that I knew I probably shouldn't, and I and I did the promotion, and right away people were on me, and I'm like, oh god, that was a mistake. And so, um, yeah, I've only done that once, and then the the uh, the Rolex vs. Movement one that was definitely an eye opening experience, but it doesn't mean I didn't continue to promote Movement watches. I just yeah. realized that you know, uh, it you can't be so like people might not get your sense of humor. I remember you styled a couple of people once or twice. I remember that. I don't think those videos did very well for you, did they? When you did a, like a makeover. 
No, some of my makeover videos do. Like I have a thing that I was doing called the Alpha M Project where I would mm. give away a makeover. I'd raise the money. I'd pay for everything myself and I would fly, you know, five people in um, and, and give them makeovers, take them to get their haircut. And it was just a, you know, it was an, an awesome series. Those videos do well over time because mm. they have a really long watch time. And it's kind of like once you watch one, it's like a TV show. You watch another and another and another and then you've got different seasons um, but no, typically, you know, makeover videos now don't do that well. It's funny mm. because your real like ravenous fans will do well with, but, and the watch time will be good, but people, you know, aren't watching that all that much. Are you talking about the one where I gave some guy like a haircut recently? I think, it was I like, think so. Yeah yeah. 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 And I got another one going out Saturday that I'm already like, oh, this one's going to suck. And so I know that it's gonna do terrible and but i already filmed it and it's a better video and yeah. and so we'll just roll with it and, and see what happens i want to switch gears to some of your physical products because I, I find that really fascinating because i think that's would you say that's a larger portion of your overall business is the the physical products that you sell i'm not sure lar like larger i'm not is sure how to qualify that a little bit better in terms of how much what do i make the most money doing yeah Okay, so I make a I make great money on on doing YouTube and, and promotions. Mm -hmm. My, um, you know my my, so okay, so profitability that is the best business that I have because there's really no yeah. you know there's no there's no overhead. real expense other yeah, other than <laughs> yeah. the commission I pay my my sales guy and me doing the work and the twenty five dollar thumbnail I do you know and those videos you know can make you know anywhere from you know. $20,000 though, whatever per video. And so when you, when you do the math, you know, if yeah. I'm putting out four a week, it's a lot of money, right? And it's, it's very profitable. My other businesses all do more are, are larger in terms of gross revenue. My skincare company, Tish Hanley is the biggest business, but that actually has the lowest margin because we are trying to grow that. Pete and Pedro, my, my hair care company does incredibly well, has a 30% profit margin, but it still doesn't hit that you know, all profit of Alpha M. And so, um, but, you know, for me, the idea is, uh, and Enemy is 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 uh, a work in progress. And so for me, it's, it's all about, you know, trying to build these brands that do not require me to get in front of a camera to, you know, pitch and sell all the time. And so, you know, I don't know when, you know, how long this, this whole ride will last, but for me, it's about trying to build, businesses that don't require me to pitch and sell and 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 do all was that. Was it was it Pete and Pedro that you brought on to Shark Tank? Mm -hmm. or, I, were you were you on Shark Tank twice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're the only person who's ever been on Shark Tank twice. No, there's you? there's been two other people that have been really? on twice. Yeah, yeah. Did they and I tried to get you? on a third time too, but they're like, what's the story this time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's my superpower is, uh, knowing what casting directors want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got that personality for, for Shark Tank, you know, I think that's, that's yeah, probably that's, what they're that, looking for. And that's, you know, if somebody's out there listening and wants to go on Shark Tank, it's not about your product. It's not yeah. about you having an incredible business. It's about your personality and, you know, they want good TV. And yeah. so that's, that's the what bottom the, line. With what that. was the experience like? Can you tell Amazing. us a little bit about was it, oh. was it scary? Was it intimidating? Mm -hmm. And was totally. it, I've heard that it could be like a really long process pitching your product to them that, you know, they cut it down into these short segments. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 um, it was amazing. Both times were so incredible. 
um, you know, you get to go out to L.A., you know, you get put up at a hotel and you're in the same hotel as all these other entrepreneurs. What a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, on a day of filming for Shark Tank, they're getting people in there, you know, sometimes six, seven, eight people in a row. Thing you also don't realize is that you're pitching depending on the product and how much they're interested. You know, like for me, Pete and Pedro, I was out there for an hour and a half pitching, answering questions, and they cut it down to 10, 12 minutes, whatever right. it may be. So it's a long day. Um, you know, and, and the other really crazy thing that people don't realize this, but there's, well, some people do because you've heard the stories now, but there's no cut. People think that, oh, it's, you know, get out there, if you mess up or something, they, they cut, uh-uh. You basically walk out those doors. They tell you to walk straight. And the other thing is there's no music. There's no like, right. bum, bum, bum. It's completely silent which is unnerving in and of itself. And so they open the doors. They say, walk out there and stand on that X. There's an X on that Oriental carpet that you can't see on, on, on film. Stand on that X, and then you just need to stand there for 60 seconds and just look at the sharks. And the whole idea is that they're trying to get, you know, make sure everything's right, lighting and everything. And then all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, or you, I don't even, it seems like it's loud, all you hear is, and pitch, and you go. And it's like, and, and you're there and you're pitching. There's no stop. There's no whatever. There's also no water on set because like, if you look and watch people, everybody's licking their lips. You're under these lights, you're nervous and you're pitching and you're talking a lot. Everybody's licking their lips because their mouth is so dry. So now I ruined it for everybody. Watch how everybody licks their lips. <laughs> yeah. I gotta bring the chapstick too. Oh man. It's not even chapstick. You are so, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. I, both times. Had a great time, um, you know. It was it was it was awesome. The first time I was on, I was on selling a a, a information product, the Alpha M Style System. It was a DVD set teaching guys how to dress. They hated it. I was selling it for like two hundred and like ninety seven dollars, and um, and I thought, okay, the sharks didn't like it. They hated it. Whatever. I'm still going to sell a gazillion of these, right? The show airs because that's the thing. You think, hey, I'm on Shark Tank national TV. I'm going to be a gazillionaire. And that's what I thought anyway. And so the first night it aired, or the night it aired, um, I'm at my house. All these, you know, people are there. I'm having a party. I sold one <laughs> unit. <laughs> Nine million people saw it. One unit. And it's funny because at the Menfluential Conference uh, two years ago, a guy comes up to me and goes, you know how you say you sold that one unit on Shark Tank? I go, yeah. He goes, you're, you're talking to the guy who bought it. I'm like, oh, my God. And so um, the second time it was a better scenario. And um, they they enjoyed the they they didn't really necessarily like the product they liked me as a platform and that's what they wanted to invest in and so on this show I took a deal and when I as soon as I got home I was like hey Barbara I didn't actually have Barbara's phone number but uh, I had her email and I said hey thanks but no thanks I'm gonna pass on this and so oh really oh, mm -hmm. interesting and you've you've become friends i gather with kevin o'leary too i know i no, saw you on I his think show you use no? if you use friends with very loosely and uh the okay. fact that i've met him yeah no i i met no, I, kevin i saw you you were on his show on his youtube yeah. channel and then yeah. i and then we did a little makeover for him and and uh right. yeah that was that was a lot of fun that was a lot Is of fun he, he even no 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 he's <laughs> No, not at all. It was it was it was a lot of fun meeting him and and doing that whole thing. He's a he's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a he's an interesting guy. Uh, more recently, you've opened a salon in your hometown. 
Uh, talk about how that has maybe been slightly different from any of the other business ventures because perhaps there's more of a more uh, personal connection to this one. Okay, so yeah, my hometown is Philadelphia. I live though in Marietta, Georgia, which is my adopted new home. And I love this community. It's a very small community, about 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. And I've just really, you know, my office is here. I've just really sort of set up roots here. And, um, you know, I am always kind of looking for opportunities in terms of, okay, you know, I've, I've been successful. How can I use this to, you know, diversify my, my, you know, my, my businesses and, and, you know, just also help people that I love. And so, there's a gentleman that I knew uh, for a long time who actually gave me the phone number of the lab that I use for Pete and Pedro. And, um, and so he's a friend of mine. I've, I've known him for years and, and I knew that he had a salon or he had a salon. It was successful, very successful, but I knew he wasn't happy. And so one day I just said to him, I said, Hey, if you're ever interested in, you know, going out on your own, I'd be happy to, you know, be your investor. I don't want to do anything with it. I just want to, you know, I just want to invest possibly if you want that. And so about a year later, he's like, okay, were you serious? I'm like, yeah, like, let's, let's do it. And so we started looking at, there's another part to this. I realized that, okay, I don't want to run this, but I don't want him to run it by himself. And so I need to get another friend that I trust to partner with me to take half of what was going to be my equity, him put up half of the money, which we thought at the time we were each going to put up $75,000. We needed 150000 in order to open this business and have operating capital for a few months. Well, so long story short, we started looking for a location and we could not find one. We were looking in, in big strip centers like Whole Foods. And the problem with some of these desirable locations is that they already had salons. And it's a, it's a competition thing. They only typically in your lease, when you lease from one of these large, large, um, you know, centers, you have a, a exclusivity clause. And so we needed a large center because we needed parking for a hair salon, a large hair salon. You need a ton of parking. Say you have 20 stylists, you need 20 spots. Say you have five assistants, another five, say you have, you know, three staff members like managers, there's another three and then the clients. So double that, right? So you need, you know, 50 parking spaces. So any center that we found, it was, it was, it would be an okay center, but it wouldn't have enough parking. And so after a year of looking, us being like, what are we going to do? I said to them, I said, Hey, if we find a location, I would be open to buying it and then leasing the location to the, the business entity that we were starting. And that's kind of what happened. Um, we found a, this old historic church that it's was... Beautiful. Yeah, it was, well, it wasn't, it was, no. uh, it was completely dilapidated and vacant for the past like 30 years. It was built in 1848 and, um, it was, it was right on or right off of the little historic square that, that I live. And so said, you know what? Like, okay, I, <laughs> do we want to renovate this thing? And so I ended up agreeing that, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, and so it took a year to, to fix it up and, and make it beautiful. But we did, and we finally opened, and this was during the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, that, <laughs> we, nobody could see that coming, but it was, it was okay. And so uh, we opened in, in January, no, not January, December. Yeah, December. And um, it's been amazing. It's been just really embraced by the community. 
I watched your tour of that when you opened that and it's like a it's like a Disneyland salon. I mean, this is like a destination place. If, if anybody's going to the Atlantic area, <laughs> it's like worth stopping in at that salon. You do everything there, right? It's a full service salon. Yeah, I mean, it's primarily for women. That's the that's that's where the money is. Money yeah, isn't sure. in men's haircuts. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's in it's in color, it's in extensions, it's it's in all that. But yeah, it's it's really breathtaking and i'm really proud to be able to do this for not only my friend steven my community i'm i'm really just proud that i was the one that was able to breathe life into this this old unloved church that's you know yeah. super amazing it's and, beautiful and it's beautiful it, it, the way this you. turned yeah, out yeah it's it's great and it gives you some video opportunities because you can interview your stylists there for your videos. I think exactly. that's, that's, that's the whole reason fun. I did it. <laughs> yeah, really. I find out what are the like the what are the sexiest things that they find in men. You know, the one thing I've learned is forearms. Forearms are very sexy to women. I, Apparently I never so. Knew that. Who knew, right? <laughs> Who knew? It's not big pecs. It's exposed forearms. <laughs> Let's see them, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of my hair color? I just got it done yesterday, actually. So yeah. looks huh. good. See. Yeah. yeah. How many? Uh, how, so, how many businesses in total do you kind of run right now? Okay. So, Alpha M is a business, my YouTube channel. Then there's Menfluential Media, which is my advertising business that started because I was tired of selling advertising for my YouTube channel. And so, my best friend Terry from high school was an amazing car salesman, and he was in between jobs. He would always come to my family reunion. And so, about four years ago, I said, "Hey." You think you could, maybe it was, yeah, four years ago, I said, hey, do you think you could sell advertising or my, my stuff? He's like, well, let's give it a try. It was so successful right away that we ended up, you know, starting an agency um, for that. And so I don't run that, no day-to-day -day operations or anything like that, uh, but that is one of my, my businesses. And then I have Pete and Pedro, which is my grooming company. I own all of that. And then I have uh, Tish Hanley, which is my, my skincare company. I am a partner, one of three partners in that. And, um, and that is based out of Chicago. And then uh, Enemy, sunglass company, Salon Posta. Enemy's branching into other, other things too, more uh, accessories and things, right? Yeah, trying to get that average order value up with that. That's, a, that's one of those things where... I wanted to make really cool sunglasses because I thought of a really cool name for a brand. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> this is quite the education um, doing those type of products, you know, manufacturing things in China, shipping things from China. Um, you know, yeah, we've, we've branched out into, you know, some accessories like bracelets and, and also some leather wallets and minimal card holders and things of that nature. That one's that business is a, is a work in progress. Does the subscription model still work out well for you with uh, Tish Hanley and I, Pete and Pedro? You probably do that also, don't you? Not it's, really. Pete and no, Pedro is not it's, really. Tish Hanley yeah. does the subscription. Is that better than the one-off purchases? Does it sell more? Uh, it's hard to say. So, but but think of it like this. So for a subscription, if you can generate a subscription, that's something that you you sell it and then. As long as you can keep them, it's coming in. And so with Pete and Pedro, every single month we're starting from zero. Tijanly, we're starting from, you know, like, you know, tens and tens of thousands of customers that are going, that bought last month that are getting it again. And so, so is it a great business? Yes. The thing with any subscription though, is all about figuring out that churn, you know, because you've, you know, once you, you know, once you find out or figure out the fact that, you know, people are churning, you know, when it's a small number, if your, your churn is say 10%, right? 10% of a, of a hundred isn't that big. 10% of 50,000 is big. And so, 
you know, if you're still at that same 10, 10, 10% of people churning out after month one, two, or three, you still need to fill up that funnel in order to just keep, you know, even. And then, you know, in order to grow on top of that means you really need to sort of get after it. And so we've really doubled down on um, the retention end of things for for that business and and trying to keep customers happier longer as opposed to just you know, really just filling up that funnel and getting them and acquiring a bunch of customers. I mean, it's a hard business. Once you get to scale and you're really big, it's it's much more challenging than when you're obviously small. Uh, how do you square that with a balanced life outside of business when, when you turn off? I don't have one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have I don't have children. And so my my wife and I, you know, we understand each other and my businesses are kind of my baby. And so I never shut it off. That's one of the downsides. It's funny. I just filmed a video for my, for my business blog. And the, one of the questions I allow people to ask questions and I'll answer them on the, on the blog. The question today that I just got done finishing was, you know, what have you given up to be successful? And the question really kind of, you know, floored me a little bit because I never really stopped to think about that, that type of, that type of question. But what I've come to realize for myself is that I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Children has never been priority number one for me. It's always been wanting to be an entrepreneur and be successful. And so, um, you know, but the one thing you do give up is, is the ability to shut things off, right? You know that you, yeah. even though you're not working, you know, sitting there at the computer, you're never not thinking about it. And, and so you know, it, it's, I used to be jealous of my wife, honestly, because she had a nine to five job. She just go to the office Friday. She, for, you know, forgets about work until Monday. That is something that is incredibly attractive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't built for entrepreneurship because it does require you to sacrifice. It also requires you to you know, deal with things that most people aren't equipped to deal with in terms of just having a different type of stomach, you know, everything's great. Everything's wonderful when you're successful, but you don't see, you know, it's the, Hey, I'm a, a, a overnight success that took 13 brutal years yeah, exactly. of sleepless nights to yeah. get People to be an overnight that success. At all. Yeah. That's no, that's it's, so it's, true. It, it's hard. And so, um, you know, and also I, I think about this, you know, I had a really brutal failure, um, you know, when, before I started this. And so I feel super fortunate, but I do still suffer from some degree of like almost like entrepreneur post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah. I, think I realized that a lot that. of, yeah. yeah, like I still to this day, even though like it happened, you know, back in 2005 and six, I still find myself, you know, where I, I know that the scars are still there and I know that I'm still dealing with those issues and, and not wanting to take it, take it easy or take a breath because I, I worry that, you know, it's all going to go away. The other thing, and do you mind if I curse real quick? Go ahead. You go right ahead. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry. I didn't know. We have um, no limits. <laughs> no. Well, well, the thing I say to myself every single day when I get up is don't fuck it up today. Like yeah. this, like today's not the day that I'm going to fuck this up. Cause I realize, and I do believe that it, everything is so fragile and we all are just like one or two really bad decisions away from, you know, being homeless and broke, honestly. And so, you know, with that, with that in your mind and always understanding, like when I was as low as I was, the fact that I'm where I am, like I will, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do in order to stay this fulfilled and happy. And so that's really what keeps me sort of going forward because in e-commerce, 
you know, it's you're either growing or you're going backwards. There is no neutral. And so that's something that I'm ultra aware of. And, and it's uh, it's scary, but it's also, you know, exhilarating at the same time. You and I have both been through bankruptcies. I know what that's like. And it's, it changes you fundamentally because you start to look at when it happens, you think of yourself as kind of a less than human or something. It's like, how could I let this happen? This is people are going to judge me of this. And then once you get through that, everything takes on a new light and a new importance. And it, it does make all of your business dealings more valid and more relevant. Um, I think it, I don't know, changed me dramatically. And I think you're right about, you know, having, not having free time. It changes. I think you're right that weekends look a lot different. You don't think of them as the same way, but I still try to carve out a little bit of Saturday and somehow Sunday somehow feel a little bit Just different. try to pretend to be normal. No, no, no. I, and I do. And I do that. I do that. I try to really, you know, to Fridays, Fridays, I try to keep a light day. Saturday, Sunday, I work really hard, long hours until 10 o'clock at night, every you know night or until I'm done editing my video. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just, and it's, it is. it's great yeah. that you have a wife who's completely on board. And you just had a video recently addressing that very question. I guess people, you know, I guess when you get older, people ask, why aren't you having kids? When are you going to have kids? And it, it had to be kind of getting annoying for you to release the video finally saying, here's, here's the deal. Here's why it is. People think you're weird. People think something's wrong or you're, or you're defective in our, in our society. If you are, you know, heterosexual couple that, doesn't have children something's wrong why yeah, what are you doing so, shooting blanks there aaron you know exactly i may be that, that is a very <laughs> very likely possibility i don't know possibly. and your wife <laughs> you also have a uh, very private uh, i mean you, you're public with some things but you also have a very private side i don't think your wife has ever been in your videos is that correct yeah, no, Other she's than never voice. been in a video and that was something i decided like way back when i'm like you know what I signed up for the criticism. I signed up to be sort of out there, but somebody who's not equipped for that or doesn't sign up for that. I mean, right. people are, people are horrible when given anonymity and, and me and are mean spirited. And so even though my wife is an amazingly beautiful woman, I'm like, you know what? I'm not signing her up for this. And so I decided to keep, you know, that aspect of my life as private as possible. Now she'll be in videos with me, like, you know, just like talking and I'll have her voice off camera sometimes. Um, but, uh, but in terms of, yeah, no, that's one thing that I have kept to myself. You have been very open in other ways, uh, recently, uh, about your uh, bad news from your doctor and whatnot. Uh, was that, uh, was there a challenge in deciding whether or not to actually go through and follow through? You said, you mentioned something great at the end of the video where it's like, if it helps one person, we're actually the same age. And it did. It actually at least helped me because I watched it all the way through and I'm like, I kept putting off like the thing until you're 50 because it's so convenient because yeah. it's still a few years away. Uh, but yeah, it yeah. was enough to change that. But sorry, my, my original question was uh, what... What were the thoughts leading up to that? Were, were you ready to be that open and vulnerable with that particular piece of news? Oh yeah, that that one, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Like yeah, it was it was, it was easy. I just, I I actually filmed that video. I talked about it on my business vlog ahead of time, and then it it was well received. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should do this on a bigger level because, um, it was 
it was eye-opening. I mean, it was, you know, what we're talking about is I got a colonoscopy and found out that, you know, I had five precancerous polyps in my colon. You know, a 44-year-old guy, I'm the healthiest guy I know. Like, wait a second. But what was so amazing to me and why, and, and my wife jokes that in a, in a, in a, in a drug-induced coma or not coma but like haze as i stumble to the car i get led to the car after the procedure because it's quick they put you out with that propothal and then they wake you up and they're like you can't drive you're intoxicated i get in the car i said i just saved my life and she started laughing but um you know it's it's true i mean when i think about i don't know what would have happened but when i think about the fact that i just found five years six years before i would have if i had waited until 50 I mean, who knows what I just prevented? And so for me, it was just about, you know what, let me, you know, if my channel is about helping people, this is one thing that, that I definitely need to talk about. And if it helps one person or maybe goes, you know, a year in advance or, or whatever and just says, you know what, let me just go check. Hey, worst case, or best case scenario, everything's cool. You had, you know, you had, you had a, a little bit of prep that you had to do. Worst case scenario or best case scenario, you find something out that you didn't realize was going on and, and you fix it early as opposed to waiting to something. Because colon cancer is one of those things where if you catch it early, like you can handle it. But if you don't, it's very, very traumatic and, and possibly deadly. Yeah, I went through a, a bout of skin cancer, melanoma, like oh, 12 years, 11 years ago now. And it was the same way. It's, it's life changing. And once you find out, you know, and you hear from the doctor, well, if you had let this go another three months, you probably wouldn't be here. Then it, it definitely changes the way you look at things. And that was the same time I was going through the bankruptcy and everything else. And so it was all of that has a major impact on moving forward and ultimately in a positive way. You just, you got to get through those negative periods to, to see that. Is there anything that you would tell like a 20 year old Aaron advice <laughs> for what? Yeah. I tell him a lot of stuff. What, uh, <laughs> what area <laughs> would I, would I be, would I be telling or talking to him about what would make him a better man? Um, you know, one of the things like, like, the problem is that I, I need to learn things the hard way. That's just how I roll. I can't hear somebody say, Hey, do this. I'm, I'm so boneheaded. Um, I would probably tell myself to, to stop the, the self-medicating with, with alcohol and binge drinking. I was, I think because of like, uh, whatever, you know, abusive stepfathers or just not having that confidence or I, I found myself, I would drink way more than I should and, you know, to the point of blacking out and made, you know, really horrible decisions during my life. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I wanted to quit chewing tobacco in my, I just celebrated, I think my 10 year anniversary of, of giving up nicotine and chewing tobacco. And, um, and so in order to quit chewing tobacco, I stopped drinking. And that was really the point at which everything kind of in my life kind of just kind of started to be better. And it was, it was just, you know, cutting out the drinking and, um, you know, you, I had, I had to get there myself though. And it wasn't something where somebody could tell me, Oh, don't drink so much. I, I just was not, I guess, dealing with my issues well enough at that point in my life. What kind of advice would you give to, uh, older guys been around a while and maybe just need to up their style game, maybe start 
paying better, closer attention to themselves. Because it took me kind of a while to get to that point where all of a sudden I decided, you know, I just kind of want to make a change and I want to start feeling better about myself and working out. And, and I don't know, I just see a lot of guys my age who just don't seem to get to that point. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, you just said the one thing that I would tell everybody is start exercising. That's the one thing that will absolutely change your life more than anything. I mean, taking care of yourself. And so start there in terms of style, you know, it's, it's all about small little tweaks and not overhauls and revampings. One of the reasons why a lot of guys, I think, avoid shopping or style, they think it's either, you know, it's, it's, it's not conceited, but they don't want to be viewed as somebody who cares about that because I don't think even still in our, in our society, men are really comfortable saying, Hey, I love clothes. I love style. I want to look good. It's okay to want to look good. And so going through your wardrobe and really, you know, if you're not wearing something, get it out, like clean out your wardrobe. How much do you really have? Because as guys, we hold on to things way longer than we should in terms of, you know, t-shirts or underwear, or socks or whatever, clean out the clutter, donate it to charity. And then go shopping for a pair of jeans, a great pair of jeans that looks amazing. Ask a sales associate for help. Maybe the relaxed fit denim that you've been wearing for the past 20 years aren't necessarily (laughs) you know, the best for you. Maybe you've got an amazing butt that is screaming for a pair of fitted jeans. You got to slim those jeans down. You got to slim them down. Yeah, a little bit, right? You're wearing those baggy jeans. It ain't doing you any favors. and and, and And now you have, you know you got like 10 different styles, you know, 10 years ago, you had straight, relaxed boot cut. Like that was yeah. it. Now you've got tons of different options for every body style. And then, you know, maybe upgrade your shoes, you know, start with small little changes. People aren't going to notice. That's the other reason why people get all, all weird. They're like, what if my friends notice? What if my coworkers right, say something? Right. What if they do, you know, start with something small, start with a pair of jeans or shoes, and then incrementally and systematically start you know, addressing each individual item and, 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 and category of, of your wardrobe. And eventually your style will get better and you'll start to, you'll start to feel good. And the first time you get a compliment on anything, that's the time where everything's like, Oh, okay. You know, feel better. We love getting compliments. And so that's what I recommend. Somebody complimented me on my guns the other day on a video. Boom. Like that's, yeah, there you go. Right. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Exactly. There's a little bit of a, a stigma, I think still with a lot of guys, at least my age to like, do things like hair color is one of those things they're like oh what are you doing that for why don't you just let it go natural and it's like because my hair is completely gray i like coloring it i like i'm fighting this aging process as as much as i can <laughs> like a kung fu ninja come on steve yeah don't 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 fight it baby no yeah. it's yeah no i mean i think that you got to do what you got to do um i think there's a, a fine line between you know going a little crazy. I, I see a lot of guys that are, that are, that are, I don't know what it is, but you know, the coloring, the hair, the, the taking care of your body, your face, taking, you know, skincare. Once you start injecting stuff and doing a bunch of, you know, fillers and, and, you know, it, it gets, I think it's a slippery slope to get down and, or go, that you could potentially go down. And, um, I think, you know, you see it in, in, in women, Right. You see yeah. all these women, all these beautiful women that have just pumped so much crap into their lips and their faces and their and their eyelashes. And like, it's just like, come on, like there's a line between taking care of yourself, yeah. taking pride in your appearance and wanting Getting to look obsessive. good and 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 an unhealthy obsession that ultimately is a is a losing futile battle because, you know, it, have you seen these guys who are injecting like fake muscles, this synth? It's like 
don't synthol know what it is. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they look freaky. It's like they just missed leg day every day, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And now what's next for Aaron Marino? <laughs> Nap. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, you know, um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to just figure out everything. I'm, I'm not really sure. Just uh, keep my eyes open. I don't want to necessarily start any more businesses. I need to, I need to sort of chill out. And, and I think one of the things that we're trying to figure out is, is Tiege Hanley, uh, the skincare company, how to sort of scale it to the point of possibly having and being attractive to a larger entity in order to buy us. Um, I would like to be a part of that. I don't, you know, that's something that we, we, I think feel strongly about as a company. I'd, I'd like to figure that out. Uh, it has been an absolute blast preparing uh, for this and doing a huge deep dive on your content. So uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Guys, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and uh, I wish you all the best and continued success.